everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we said last week that this week we're going to be talking about race and culture in relation to appearance. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. So how do you, Raha, think trends have changed over the years or since you, since you have since blessed been- <laughs> this earth? <laughs> well, um, are we just talking in terms of like fashion or... Uh, yeah. Body image, do you know what I mean? Like, I what just, kind of trend? Um, I, yeah, I think, yeah, fashion and body. I think they kind of go hand in hand. Well, I think as, like, 90s babies, um, it was just the whole, like, blue eyeshadow, lip gloss, French nails. <laughs> do you know what I mean? All of that. That's the first thing I think of when I think of, like, 90s. And I think, like, stuff like streetwear became such a huge thing then because of, like, the come up of hip-hop and all of that kind of stuff. And I'd say culturally, that's kind of when the shift began. Mm. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I, 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 I think we can't deny the fact that white artists have always stolen from black artists yeah. <laughs> for hundreds of years. Um, but I think it, it it was when the shift happened where they were like proudly wearing. I think it's when they openly started to like wear the same kind of stuff, um, talk in the same way, yeah. pick up the same slang and things like that. But I think black culture has always influenced white culture. I just think I think it was like at its height where, yeah, a bit of a shift happened. I do agree. And I feel like it was quite an over, like it was quite obvious. Yeah. You know, whereas if things were stolen before, it was always done in in like an indirect kind of secretive way. And now it's like, hey, look at what this artist is doing. Let me put on my baggy pants and yeah. my jersey. Yeah. And rock it too. Yes. Yeah. You know? Um, And I think the trend back then was, it was for women anyway, to be petite in the 90s. Yeah, it sure. was. It was very athletic. Um, which carried on into the early 2000s. And then you saw the rise of, like, the curve. Latin artists becoming more mainstream. People like J-Lo, yeah, Shakira. Yeah, yeah. Uh, making it, like... like Yeah, sexy. Showing the sexiness <laughs> of it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Beyonce as well, early 2000s. So... But then I feel like they were able to dilute it enough to make it mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, because it is diluted. Uh, yeah, it was diluted, um, and these body shapes have existed for a long time, but people weren't celebrated for it before. It just then all of a sudden became a thing. But at that time, still, it was still really fashionable to be like super skinny and yeah, like a big Kate, bum yeah. and and big boobs. You oh, know? you mean like Pamela Anderson? Style, yeah, yeah, or even like Katie Price, or yeah. Um, obviously, they're like a bit more on the extreme side, but it was that was like the ideal aesthetic, like to just, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then it became a bit more fashionable to be a bit more wider thigh. Yeah, have that J-Lo over, butt yeah, in your juicy bum. track suit. Yeah. No, I meant later on. Oh, you mean later in the, t- yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and, and then, yeah, blackness was just fully appropriated, essentially. And mm-hmm. what do we mean by appropriation? Um, It's, I'd essentially call it robbing. <laughs> Robbing something <laughs> from another culture. Yeah. 
or even let's say it's not robbing let's say it's 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 in celebration of that particular thing yeah but not giving any recognition or credit to that particular culture yeah when they've been punished for it essentially that's the yeah it's for a long long time and still are to this day especially when it comes to hairstyles yes um so one of the forms of one of examples is uh white people are non um black people of color having braids Mm -hmm. now you had braids yeah i did (laughs) and what happened (laughs) don't that counts what do you mean what happened no i want to know like what was the process like you thought hey i want braids oh okay so i wanted (laughs) could i just (laughs) i'm not this is not i'm not trying to justify it okay but it was a long time ago um and i just thought they were the most beautiful things i'd ever seen which they are which they absolutely are and i thought wow i look so cool in braids and uh, my friend did them for me, my non-black friend. <laughs> and I had them in for about a week, didn't I? Yeah, something like that. Um, firstly, it doesn't work with my hair. Hello? Yeah. I don't have textured hair, okay? My head was red. It hurt. <laughs> I was like, why is this happening? Like, it was pulling on on my natural hair. The synthetic hair that I'd used was no good either. And I'm just like looking at myself like, who are you trying to be right now? Because mm. it was just ridiculous. And I, yeah, I took it out after a week and I, I just felt, I felt ridiculous. So I would talk to all my black friends and just be like, what do you think about me getting braids and stuff? Now, God bless them. Because a lot of the time <laughs> they were super nice about it, you know, yeah. or they would be impartial. But when I look back, I just think, Ra, what on earth was going through your mind? Like, it's just not, you're not black. But, <laughs> but what, what, what would you say to people who turn around and say, oh, but it's just a hairstyle. Anyone should be able to have a hairstyle. Oh, hey, yeah. So the issue yeah. is that these women can't wear these hairs. They're not allowed to in professional settings and they get shunned for it. And it's it's so frowned upon within like the white community to and especially not like i'd say braids are just reaching like acceptable Mm. you know but especially for black women who want to have their or black men who want to have their hair natural they want to have twists and dreads and all kinds of stuff and they're not able to it's just like you're iraha you're taking the piss (laughs) (laughs) yeah but also, I think the point like that you, you tried said, it, that, like, you tried it, hun. I, <laughs> I think what was what you said was really important. Where you said it's just not for your hair. It's it. It like it, it ain't ri- for you. Like it was hot. I remember you being like, oh, "What have I done?" <laughs> I said, "I was, oh no, I'm not gonna be that guy." <laughs> no, it was and terrible. I never wanted to talk about this. Can I just, <laughs> ever? Like I thought I this. To throw under the I bath. really, I really <laughs> just wanted to sweep this under the carpet and never ever have to remember that ever again yeah but, but you I know what it. it's really important as well because when you posted your photo with them you got so much attention yeah i did i did and that's the other thing that it's accept- acceptable for you um and you know the average person might be like well i think it's acceptable for black people to have braids as well but it, you have to look at the history as to why um why they're having why black people had braids in the first exactly. place exactly you know? it's a it's a protective style. style exactly and one that is just that's not allowed in the workplace it's yeah. just like yeah so um uh, literally unless you're walking around in my opinion with a picture of brandy 
around your neck. <laughs> Alicia I don't, Keys. I don't think you can have braids if you're not black. And that's just my personal opinion. Um, anyway, we've really, we've really got like that. Uh, so what are some other examples of appropriation? Um, so big lips. Yeah. Butt implants. Yeah. Bindies at festivals. The list goes on. Yeah. There's a ton of Why stuff. Why do you think big lips and butt, butt implants are appropriation? Because they are like naturally and biologically part of the black gene pool. Yeah. Not ours. <laughs> or white people's. Yeah. Like, you weren't <laughs> born with that. It's not your, you know? So, well, yeah, but what, what about, um, you know, you should let people, like, I, I'm getting lip fillers because I don't, it's not because I want to look black, it's because I want to have bigger lips, I've got tiny lips, and I should be able to do whatever I want with my body. Okay, but you weren't getting called N-word lips at school. Yeah. I did. Me. Yeah, you. You did. A Persian girl whose lips aren't even that big. Why is it all right if you want to do it? Why is it all right? And why was I made to feel insecure about mine for years? For yeah. years and years. And and it's the same with the with the bum stuff. Like, I know girls who've been made fun of for their bums when they were at school and how it's so over-sexualized as well, especially within the Latina community. Yeah. And now it's just being done for an aesthetic and people don't understand the repercussions of that and mm. what people of colour have had to deal with when they're on, you know, they're on the receiving end, essentially. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is? What, what is? Like, what what the issue is with someone who wants to get, like, butt implants or big lips? Yeah, I, th- I, I would agree with you. Um, I, I think... I am very much someone who's like, you do you. If you yeah. have that, if I see you and I meet you, I'm not judging you for it. I'm really not. I understand that that it's a wider issue. It's not the people... I never put the blame on the individual, to no, be honest. Neither. I think it's the systems that perpetrate and continue oh, this, absolutely. this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I never judge. No, I know, no, I'm, I sound so judgmental. To all you girls who have <laughs> had lip fillers and have had this work done, I and I genuinely mean this, like, I don't judge you yeah. at all. It's that's something you wanted to do with your body. It's your choice. Absolutely. It's, it's more, you know, the way in which we perpetrate. Per- what's the word? Perpetrate. No, reinforce. not perpetrate. Reinforce. It's yeah. It's the way in which we reinforce stuff that is harming black people and exactly. people of color. Yeah. Um, and we're being celebrated for it. Yeah. That's that's the issue. It's like you're getting celebrated for something that has made someone feel so insecure, have such low self-esteem, which has obviously affected the way in which they show up in employment, in relationships, in front of the exactly. mirror, right? It, it's that. Um, I think this is something that we see online a lot, blackfishing, where people are either filtering themselves or using so much fake tan that they could literally pass for something that they're not yeah and my issue with that is that you're never going to find contentment and happiness trying to be something that you're not or not embracing what you've got yourself exactly and it's like oh yeah the love yourself movement online i'm not talking about that i'm literally talking about being okay with every single part of you because you have it for a reason it serves you and it served you all this time yeah that we need to stop this self-loathing this self-criticism yeah and this constant comparison mm-hmm whilst also stealing from other cultures yeah 
So who, but then in in that sense, who would you say is then responsible? Like for the people who are being influenced, you know, they, they are the ones who are just consuming what's being fed to them, right? So who is the person who is being like, this is what I'm gonna rob? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think, and I think this is the issue, the robbing part, the fact that you feel like you need to take from someone else to make yourself more whole. Yeah. It's not true. That's never going to happen. So you can, you need to be okay with yourself and you need to be fully accepting of yourself before you can then be like, hey, I really admire this about this person or this about this culture and put yeah. them on a pedestal, right? And be like, hey... Ta-da, this is amazing. Look at this. This is so aesthetically pleasing. This person and their natural given, I don't know, features or their style or whatever, as opposed to being like, I like that, so I'm going to take it for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's mine. (laughs) And again, it goes back to this individualization of ourselves, forgetting the fact that we're just a tiny part of the whole collective. Yeah. And that whatever you do has a consequence. It has an effect whether people are copying you, whether people are calling you out for it, yeah. you know, this, that, and the other. When you do something mm-hmm. as unsavory as, I don't know, taking from someone else, yeah. stealing from someone else. And a lot of people aren't aware that that's, that that's the culture. Like, that's the context around what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. It's the context. And it's like, even in relation to things like body hair, yeah. for you and me, for example, yeah. you know, well, I'm not just Middle Eastern people specifically, but like, you know, I've had Italian friends, Spanish friends who also have a lot of body hair and have been ashamed of it for the, you know, the whole time that I've known them. And suddenly it's really cool to have bushy eyebrows. Cara Delevingne has bushy eyebrows and- You know, the amount of abuse I got for my monobrow. <laughs> I still can't get over. I'm like, why do you care so much about my eyebrows? And you know what the other thing is? Because people made fun of me for it back then. And since it became a trend, let's say from like 2012, 13, when like contouring and all of that cool stuff came into fashion and eyebrows became a thing. Like girls always see me now and I always get complimented on them so much. But it's just excessive. And I still don't... (laughs) To me, it, it, it feels so odd from being made fun of for something mm. and then girls suddenly praising you for it and being like, oh, baby, but you've, oh my God, eyebrows on fleek, babe. Like, wow, mm. how do you do that? What? And I'm like, wasn't you saying <laughs> back in day? <laughs> and this, and I, I want to distinguish the fact that it's not bitterness. It's not being I know, I sound bitter. so no, bitter. I'm no, so- it does sound like it. In, in part, it is that, right? In part. But I think ultimately, I, I don't think people understand the effect that point, like the effect pointing out someone's features has on them. While they do, I think everyone has an experience of having something shamed about them. Yeah, right? exactly. So yeah, it's the shaming. It's the shaming. And so, the long-term impact that has on you. Exactly. Like, I think that's what people underestimate so much. Especially in childhood. Like, if you're being shamed for something in childhood all the way throughout your te- teenage years, you're not going to magically wake up in your 20s and be like, oh... Like, how long did we spend, like, in the waxing, <laughs> threading, bleaching, doing God knows how many things to make sure that we're, like, clean and pristine and smooth and had that Eurocentric, like, aesthetic yeah. at all times yeah. for it to then just not be a thing anymore? Yeah. 
Yeah, which to be honest, I'm so happy about. God, my mate. Oh my god, thank god. So um, but at the same time, it it's just not done in the right way. Yeah, exactly. This is it. We're not we're not um, honoring or and or giving acknowledging to or acknowledging um, the roots of these trends. Yeah, you know. I mean, even talking, going back to the Kardashians, who we were talking about last week, Kylie Jenner, her aesthetic being very similar to Kim um, and Chloe yeah. and Courtney, but they've got different dads. Like, yeah. she's fully white. Like, she's fully, fully white. And those Arab memes of her oh. are just my favourite. Because, because that's, that's exactly really what they look the aesthetic like. that she's that Like, she's what we grew up with, and we were like, oh my God. And here's the other thing. It goes so much deeper than just your self-esteem. But the way in which we used to get, like, mad at our parents for oh not God, being yeah. on trend or for, like, liking things that we were like, oh, that's so icky. Like, or just being, I just felt... Like pure shame, shame within my own yeah, body exactly. all the time. Yeah, and like going to Iran and being like, "Oh my god, they've got it so wrong. They're so backward." And then those things becoming fashionable. Yeah, you know, like it's self hatred. Yeah. Yes, and it becomes internalized. Yeah, definitely because you're just like, "Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Why? Why is this woman on this? I don't know hair dye bottle with full eyeliner and lip gloss and lip liner and everything? Yeah. And just, not embarrassing, but it was just a bit like it was so jarring and yeah. different to." To what, what we were we used here. to here. Um, yeah. And then it became cool. So we spoke, we've spoken about, you know, blackfishing. And then you've got the fox eye trend. Yeah. Um, which, again, I think we do take a lot of influence from East Asia. Um, and we, we don't ever give credit. No. Or acknowledgement. Uh, then you've got the whole bleaching which goes the other way. Oh, bleaching the skin, you mean? Yeah. 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 And I, I do just want to point out that I don't want to speak on the black experience too much or for black people on behalf of black people because yeah, obviously because... we're not black. Yeah. Uh, this is just observations, I guess, that we've made. And um, skin bleaching it is a direct result of the Eurocentric standard of beauty sure, that we've yeah. grown up around. Um, being more desirable, and that I think it goes goes into colorism, which we're going to discuss a little bit yeah. more. Um, but we, I wanted to ask you because we we've spoken about this a lot. Your uni yeah. has a whole research center on appearance, yeah, on appearance, right? yeah. So I just want to kind of go into what we think kind of allows these systems and these things to continue. Mm-hmm. And you had an experience, Raha, where on one of your modules on appearance, race wasn't covered. On any of the modules, yeah. <laughs> race wasn't covered. It just wasn't, it wasn't covered. Yeah. I always remember, like, when I was choosing the modules that I was going to study, I was like, appearance, perfect. Like, I would really, really love to learn about this and, and what it means to, like, you know, be a person of colour and how that affects people psychologically and all of that stuff. And it started and it was just like, wait, 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 body shaming, social media, like body positivity. That was it. Mm. Like there was no mention of race. There was just nothing. And I remember, I think it was like one of the first few classes that I'd had. You know, I was at least like one of maybe five, six girls of color who were in that class. And anytime we would bring it up, it just, it was dismissed. 
Like yeah. next sub, like the teacher would just, my lecturer would just continue and move on to something completely separate. And I remember talking to them, the, the other girls of color in the class afterwards, and they were just like, why is she not talking about, like, how are we not talking about race? It, it, it just blew my mind. And I remember we pulled her up on it. We actually complained to somebody um, who was like the head of year or whatever. And, you know, they gave her that feedback, my, my lecturer, and they said, you know, you haven't covered race in this module. Like, why is that and stuff? And she said that she doesn't know enough about it. So she just doesn't want to do it. And she doesn't feel comfortable. She doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, and you like you have a whole research center on appearance. A whole research center, and it's Imagine. not covered because someone doesn't feel comfortable. And I, I will never forget. Like I wrote an essay. It was like a self reflection, and I brought up so I brought race into it so much, and I, that was the lowest mark I got all year. Mm. And you remember what I was like? I was Fuming. just so infuriated because I just thought how. And that and was it, a really cool one because didn't you have to not change something about your appearance? appearance. So you grow out your leg it hairs. It was my body <laughs> hair, yeah. So I thought, you know what? It's I, I'm going to choose my body hair and mm. I'm going to bring in the fact that I'm Middle Eastern. And yeah. when I'm talking about my self-reflection, talk about my early experiences of growing body hair, like earlier than, than my peers and all of that kind of stuff. And oh my God, that grade just... She was not having it. <laughs> she just didn't understand... And, the, and and we took it further and the university just chose not to do anything about it. It just yeah. wasn't... And it, I imagine it's still not going to be covered in, in the upcoming years. And I just... I think, what? That's what? UE, by the way. Yeah, that's UE, <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> um, and it's it's such a diverse university. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, it's so diverse. Um, it was just a shame. Uh, I was really disappointed. And that's it. If we're not doing the research on it, we can't implement the change yeah. in one aspect, right? And the other aspect is talking about it, making people aware about it. And I think, you know, maybe not what we've done so much, maybe we could do a bit more of it, but really talk about our own experience because that's what we can to- talk yeah, most, most about. So people gain an insight into what it's like and what it might be like yeah. for someone to, yeah, jack something that, you feel super insecure about and it's just like the insecurity is is just is one aspect of it it's the gaslighting for me yeah it's the i'm taking this up with you to tell you that this is an issue that i'm concerned about because this needs to be covered within this module yeah and the looks that i get sometimes yeah is like they they always they almost look at me like why are you taking why Why are you so dramatic why are you being (laughs) so sensitive and dramatic yeah like you've clearly have some insecurities or you've had some racist experiences yeah. and you're now projecting that onto whatever, you know? And I'm like, no, this no, has no, such wide implications. You don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's just the bare minimum, minimum. like the basic, like to, to even to just do research on how different skin tones experience the world just based off their skin tone. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even to just something so simple. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's so simple. It's so simple. And it's, yeah, it's it's not at the top of a lot of people's priority yeah. list. And they're the institutions that have the funding, that have the scholars, mm. that have all the rest of it. Like, um, I'm about and to And they're say- not open to it. That's the issue. Well, yeah, they're not open to it. And... They don't want to acknowledge that it's an issue. Issue, yeah. 
Yeah. Because that would mean holding some accountability and acknowledging your privilege. And some 100%. people just don't want to do... They don't want to... It's too harsh of a reality to confront. 100%. 100%. And within that, you know, we do all have to take some responsibility in the yeah. way that we feed into this. Um, whether it be, you know, the musical artists that we support, the films that we watch, uh, whether it be the brands that we buy from. Yeah. You know, uh who are we giving platforms to? Mm-hmm. Who are we allowing to influence us? And sorry, on that, I remember I had one lecture about aging. That was mm. another topic that we covered. And half of the lecture focused on Dove, the company, right? Right. Because they used to be so bad with, you know, promoting like anti-aging things and they've really changed their campaigning and all of that malarkey. And I remember sitting there thinking, do y'all remember when they had from normal to dark skin on their lotion bowls? Yeah, normal to dark skin. Is that Why are we not talking about that as well? 100%. Oh yeah. And I'm, and I, I remember, I raised my hand and I said that. And she was just like, oh yeah. Back to aging. What we're lacking is people who have actually experienced this stuff in those positions. Cultural competency, diversity and inclusion training does not cut it. It's not going to do it. It's not going to make the change. But also to just put people of colour in those positions. If you're going to be talking about appearance and you don't know anything about race, then bring someone in. Exactly. And she did that with eating disorders and and all other... Yeah, we had guest lecturers. No This this was my beef. This was my beef, that you have guest lecturers coming in talking about other topics. If you don't feel comfortable talking about the issue of race, find someone else. Wowzers trousers. Yeah. Terrible. And like we said, like within that, there are so many different... um, complexities as well that we're not even we're barely touching on because we're not getting on top of the basic bare minimum and that I think makes a lot of black people and also people of colour feel like is any change really happening because yeah sure people are spreading awareness as to how unjust things are but we're not we're not even changing the bare minimum so how can we start to address all the other stuff yeah that comes along with it um, stuff like colorism, for example, and the way that we continually like perpetuate that yeah. within a, a wider society. Like we've had, I mean, the experiences we've had with colorism are. Yeah. I mean, we've got personal right. stories and we've got examples that we can give you. <laughs> <laughs> because when people think of colorism, they think it's, I mean, it is obviously predominant. I don't, I wouldn't say it's predominantly within the black community. Would you? No, not at all. I'd say it's an... It's, it's in every... It's in every, every non-white yeah. community, I would say. Yeah, I'd Like, when I went travelling and I went to Southeast Asia, I couldn't find any sun cream or any lotion that didn't have bleaching... Yeah. ...stuff in there. It just didn't exist. Thai people walk around with gloves and umbrellas. Yeah. You know, it's... It's seen as a form... It's It, it represents wealth. Yeah. The lighter your skin is, the better off you are, you know? Yeah. Um, and then within our own community, mom and dad telling me not to go out into the sun. Yeah, and I think I think I've got quite a lot to say on this because within my family, I'm probably the most fair skinned, and the treatment that yeah. I got growing up was very different to my darker skinned cousins. Yeah, just because of my light skin, and I remember growing up and being like, "This is so effed up," because I don't even like my pale skin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. 
like you oh, would spend like, the most time what? out there. To, like when we'd go on holiday, you'd spend the most time tanning. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, why are you applauding me for this? Like, I and don't we'd understand. get past the factor fifty and be yeah. like, don't go in this. My cousin, wear a t-shirt if you're going if you're going into the sun. Yeah. Like, you don't want to tan too much. But also, you know, our parents were only reflecting what the what their wider community was kind of saying. Yeah. So like mom, like <laughs> my auntie, my cousins were born in Sweden and um, they're much darker than us. The most amazing, beautiful skin yeah. you'll Radiant. ever see. Oh, glowing. Just the t- everything, all about it. Just fantastic. And she, she says she flew to Iran. All the people were like, "What? weren't your kids born in Sweden? Why are they so dark? <laughs> how ridiculous it's just ridiculous and the and i would come back from holiday and mom and dad would be like you're too dark yeah because our skin tone is very different yeah like we've that, i think that's one of the most distinguishable factors about us that you yeah you go very very dark yeah. you can a lot um and i had no issue with that i wanted to be brown i'm going on holiday yeah and yeah. I'd come back and mom and dad would just be like, why, why are you so brown? Like, you're too, you're too dark. Yeah. And I remember going back to school and people being like, whoa, you're so tanned. Like, and for the people at my school wanting to be tanned, that, that's, that's the other side. That's of the, the corn, other side. Um, I think, and I was thinking about this earlier when I was setting up, I was thinking about all the times throughout school where my friends or even their parents would be like, your olive skin is so beautiful. <laughs> and me in my mind thinking, oh, but it's not olive because everyone in my on my in my Iranian family is like, you're so pasty. I'm like, I'm white. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm white, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm white. And obviously I'm not white, right? But also <gasps> them only finding that and my voluminous hair, the yeah. most desirable things about me. Um, and then uh, like bypassing and overlooking and shaming me for absolutely everything else. <laughs> So it was just such a weird contrast and something I never quite kind of came to terms with mm-hmm. um, until I, until my like late teens, literally. I was like, I'm not white. <laughs> like, actually I'm not, I'm not in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I am pasty. <laughs> See, I, I always knew I wasn't like, because I had the classic, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm as tanned as you or I'm darker than you. Oh yeah. And that. they put their arm against mine oh, yeah, I get that and I got that. All, no, the all the time. And I'd be like, well, people call me black at school. So I don't even want to... I got called black. <laughs> My thing was not that I I thought I was white. I knew I wasn't white. 100%. It's more um, the idea of whiteness. Like, I don't look white, but on the inside, like, I'm just like you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was people always making it a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're... Cu- exactly I, making yeah, it a thing. say to me. Your cup of tea colour. <gasps> no. Like, that's why I love this country. I love this country. Your, Your cup, cup of tea, tea colour. I'm like, yeah, two sugars, babe. Because oh. <laughs> I'm sweet as hell. Yeah. Wow. Cup of tea colour. Yeah, um, definitely. And I just, I've never been able to get my head around how how the roles have like it's just backwards in the way that you go anywhere else in the world and they want to be white as snow and they will yeah. bleach and they will do all stay kinds indoors. of stuff and stay indoors 
And then you come here, you come to the West and it's like, get me that Bondi Sands, Saint-Tropez, St. Moritz, whatever fake turn you got. Let me get that sunbed. But you know, this argument is used a lot online where people are like, hey, like we're not black fishing. People in the other parts of the world want to be white like us. Yeah. And they don't understand that all of this is a result of Colonialism, supremacy, yeah, (laughs) all of it. Like it's one thing. They're like two separate things. No, it's not two things, and it doesn't work. It's not a two way thing. No, it's not like like, it's the same way that when white girls say, "Oh, why can't I get braids?" Black women wear weaves and straight in their hair because they want it to look white. Why do you think they want it to look white? Yeah, because they have to. Yeah, it's as a result of white supremacy. So it's just. That argument just doesn't stand, sorry. 100%. And it, it feeds into what Beyonce's dad said. Um, <laughs> You're saying like, it like everyone knows what Beyonce's dad said. <laughs> or Beyonce's dad. You know. <laughs> Matt. Matthew. No. <laughs> Who, questionable character, but... Um, he said that Beyonce's success is largely to do with the fact that she's light-skinned. Which we know is a thing. Yeah, for sure there are certain privileges that come with having fairer skin. Like if you're Mariah Carey, for example, most people don't know she's black, she's black. And it's, and people are like, oh, well, what does that matter? It matters because they then have the biggest platforms and they have a huge amount of influence on pop culture and people. Um, Whereas you've got people like Jennifer Hudson, right? Amazing talent. Alexandra Burke versus Leona Lewis. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't even make that comparison ever. You know, like, the way in which dark-skinned women have it so much harder. Yeah, oh, my gosh. They have it the hardest, I would say. And they're the ones being appropriated. exactly. You know? Um, But, yeah, we just want to... I just thought we'd talk about pop culture and, and the way in which, you know, this is something that we see... And because we see it, we store it in our subconscious to some degree, and then we continue perpetuating this behavior and these thought patterns and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it has a direct effect on us. What is trending, you know? And one of the examples that just always blows my mind is the Nina Simone film, who yeah. Nina Simone is incredible. In, yeah. Like, I don't think any words could do her justice, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Not just her music, but also her work outside of her music and everything yeah. she brought to the world. Anyway, so they're doing a biopic on her, of course, because she's incredible. And who gets the part? Zoe Zaldana, yeah. who is light-skinned. Yeah. And they put special effects makeup on her and they darkened her skin to make her look like Nina Simone. Now, the but the argue- thing is, people are like, oh, well, so what? What If she's good for the role, she's good for the role. It wasn't Idris Elba going to be James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> but people do say this Yeah, shit. no, it's true. Um, <laughs> well, the issue is that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of black wi- dark-skinned black women who would have been perfect for that yeah. role, who would have done it justice, and who would have got the paycheck they deserved. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's taking opportunities away from people who would have done more justice. Yeah. Purely to make it more digestible for the white yeah, audience. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's to make it more digestible, and it's to, to bring in numbers, and it's again, it's money-orientated, but, you know... I'm conscious of the fact that we're speaking on the black experience and we're not black, but I think this had such a huge impact and influence over our life yeah. so far. Um, and Especially because we grew up 
admiring listening to these people and when you see them being like mistreated in the industry it's so it's heartbreaking because it's like you know that these people have so much to offer and it's just being overlooked constantly yeah exactly that exactly that when something becomes mainstream and it's part of the culture it almost becomes acceptable to wear and do certain things like i'm not judging people for that either necessarily because some things you just like right yeah it's not it it's the not giving props that's the issue it's yeah it's not giving props and it's not understanding the context around why those things exist Exist. in the way that they do in the first place yeah so for example when we're talking about festival goers and all their bindi and appropriation of ancient indian symbology and And all of that is it will go on to food another day but food is another big one for me yeah but we're just talking about appearance today if we're talking about thinking about all of that like people don't understand what that means and people are like so what i don't understand what it means i wear it because i think it looks cool and it's like that's pure disrespect yeah to someone's culture and upbringing and personal beliefs exactly um and the context again it's all about context we could go we could go on about this yeah <laughs> but we're not going to how do you think we can overcome this 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 oh, like this dissonance really it's like a cognitive dissonance, is a dissonance at the moment isn't it because i see these arguments online and i'm like i can't believe people don't really understand the issue here yeah. but i guess people don't people yeah people really don't i i feel like hopping onto trends is okay right as long as you're showing recognition and you're educating yourself and you know like it's being a pre it's it's cultural appreciation not appropriation i think there's a huge disparity sorry to cut you off there's a huge disparity between what's trending and who's been giving the platform to make yeah. it trending. So the people who are who have the platforms aren't the people who created the trends, right? Yeah. And we're not giving the people who create these trends or who have this as like who embody yeah. these trends. I think that's what's important. Yeah. It, it comes from you. It's part of your lifestyle, the context again <laughs> around your life. We're not giving those people the platforms that they deserve. I think another thing that needs to be addressed is who decides what's cool and what's not cool. Yes. What's trending and what's not trending. Is it us as consumers or is there someone making these decisions for us? I don't know. Do you? (laughs) I don't know either, but I feel like it goes both ways. I feel like as consumers, we, we give, you know people at the top a pretty good idea of what it is that we engage we like. with and that we mm. like but also them pushing a certain agenda has uh, the opposite effect too where we are influenced you know yeah definitely and i think that brings me on to what i was just thinking about um trends in fashion and appearance and the way obviously trends are changing much quicker because everything is like so much quicker (laughs) right we consume so much more we buy online fast shopping is a thing what's it called fast no fast fashion fast fashion is a thing and um we have to think like at whose expense who is making these garments yeah 
oh gosh, that's a whole topic. That's a whole topic, but it feeds into appearance because we dress ourselves and change ourselves to fit these trends yeah. and to feed into what we think is popular, but who's suffering at the end of that? Absolutely, and it's also that... If you were just yourself... <laughs> they change so rapidly because of the age of social media exactly. right now. So people are typically just buying outfits for that one Instagram post and then it, they're done with it. Yeah, or they send it back. And you know, if you send most of these fast fashion retailers, if you send back any of your clothes, they don't like stock it and put send it back out again. It yeah, goes into landfill. Done. That's a whole other thing, like we said. But it it's culturally harmful because we know it's all in the Middle East and India. Yeah. Mostly. Um, I don't mean that. And even if the factories, <laughs> even if the factories are here, like in the UK, like let's talk, I don't know, is it PLT or Boohoo, same thing, um, who've got a factory in Leicester, who were their garment workers? Yeah. Who is creating this stuff for you? But then what would you say, how would you say people should try and navigate that? Would you say to just be more conscious of the fashion that you're, like what you're buying or... You I mean, know? I don't want to put the blame on the individual again because this is a systemic issue. It it make I don't want to say high salary. Some people can only afford yeah. that, you know? And there is no shame in that. It's the systems that are allowing this stuff to happen, mm-hmm. you know, higher up. Yeah. It's not always a, it's not the individual. It, I think I think I have very similar views on global warming and, you know, single use plastic straws and plastic bottles and all of that stuff of course we need to be conscious of the way we're living but i think that the responsibility ultimately lies with these big big massive billion dollar and pound corporations that are benefiting um from the destruction of the planet and destructions of people's self-esteem yes exactly yeah it's literally all and all of it is at the expense of people's self-esteem yes And what, how do you think, like, self-esteem ties into all of this? Like, obviously, as a person of colour, a woman of colour, um, there are things that we spoke about that you've been shamed for, but it has an impact on your self-esteem. But outside of that, how else do you think it's had an impact? I think it really impacts the way that people treat each other, to be honest. Mm. Um, You know, when you see girls with a certain aesthetic that is you know on trend of course they're way more likely to get opportunities and you know just like better treatment from people within their own circle just you know so people are people benefit from buying into these trends absolutely like yeah economically at the expense of who yeah but then it's this like even for me I know that I would benefit from buying into a lot of these trends. Yeah. I would get way more hype if I did certain things and looked a certain way. And what stops you? The appropriation stops me. Um, the result of it. The impact that has on people. It's quite a hard question. It is a hard question because I feel like the impact is not just one thing. Yeah. It's so many things. Yeah. And it's, it, it's just, again, it's another lack of control thing where women can't really control these things unless they go and get surgery or they get yeah things enhanced synthetically. 
And it's 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 putting value on the external experience so much so when this is literally much. just a flesh suit. Like it's, it's a flesh a suit. suit. And yeah, we're putting so much value on it. Yeah. That we're completely bypassing what's going on for us internally a lot of the time. Yes. You know, and what's going on for us internally has the ability to harm us and harm the people around us. Yeah. And if we're not being aware of it and if we're just feeding into materialism and what's going on on the outside, then we're doing a disjustice and disservice to ourselves, but also to our community. And I think it's also not just disrespectful, but it's just, it's really damaging and ignorant to appropriate these things, especially when it comes to like big lips and big bums and completely bypass the discrimination that yeah. dark wi- dark skinned women experience. Yeah, it's and the not just not just as discrimination over. in terms of appearance, though. I mean, I just mean generally. Yeah, it within their like you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, not only are you gonna rob their stuff, but you're gonna but you're also them gonna completely <laughs> discriminate yeah them for it, and you're gonna ignore all of the hardships that come with having those things. Yeah. There's a crime going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, I, I, I've had personal experiences with white friends that I have, and this has been within the last few years, where I've known, and, and this sounds really big headed, but I don't mean it in that way, just where I know that they've envied certain parts of my aesthetic, whether it be my eyebrows mm. or my skin color or my hair or whatever. And they, they then, they, how am I trying to say this? The The dynamic of our relationship becomes really toxic yeah. because I become aware of that envy and they, they, they're very happy to make it obvious, right? And I'm like, oh, you're not acknowledging the hardships that have come with having Please. these things in my life. You don't, you don't know what it means to be in my body. Yeah. Yeah. You're just jealous because this is what the trend is on Instagram right now. And I'm telling you, if someone's telling you that you're appropriating or if someone's telling you, well, not necessarily appropriating, but if someone is explaining to you that you're you're doing this off the back of someone else's culture, then just listen to them. Like no one's yeah. gonna just pull that out their ass. Like <laughs> And I never pulled I never pulled those people up on it because they simply wouldn't understand. Yeah. And then I sound like, oh my god, you're just trying to look like me because being ethnic is what's cool right now. But do you think this is something that can be understood by white people? Yes. Yeah, I do as well. <laughs> I don't think it's something that it's they hard. can fully understand in from our perspective, but yeah. I think they can understand it enough to to acknowledge and accept that that's what's going on and that it's not okay to be that way. Yeah. And can I just say as well, this is not just white people because non-black people of color also also do this, yeah, massively, massively. and they think just because they're brown, they're black. It's not true. Um, and for men, you know, like, so weird. <laughs> so weird to see how Drake has made being Arab cool. Oh my God, it's so weird. Because this was something that, we, you know, we were Iranian and that's not something that we openly spoke about in the early 2000s because we moved here when the Iraq war started. And of course, as soon as you tell someone you're Iranian, they're yeah. like, you're from Iraq. Yeah. You're from Iraq. Um, Saddam so Hussein's be- your dad lol. yeah oh my god literally so yeah, <laughs> you're you're being like punished essentially socially 
for being Arab and then all of a sudden it's the coolest thing ever because they've got loads of money. They've discovered now, the awareness has reached that actually there's a lot oh wait Dubai yeah yeah hell yeah wow it only (laughs) took you to 2021 but um yeah so now that's the aesthetic for men it's really strange like honestly and also like you said the grime artist the tracksuit all of that and we're not understanding the context yeah (laughs) do I need to say it again um but yeah we really wanted to talk about like the deeper impact yeah. that has and sorry just on that on on the impact that it has like we've talked a lot about self-esteem yeah but the internal conflict yeah that's that that was always i always felt very confused like why is this okay here and not okay here why is this okay here and not okay here why am i being bashed for this but it's being celebrated by this person oh my god yes you know it's 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 so backwards and the I the the confusion and the identity crisis and all of that is just it's a lot. It's a lot for people of color to handle. Definitely. Because I know plenty of girls who have really really pale skin and they have light colored hair, and th- that's how I knew them at school. Yeah. And that's how I see like you look beautiful yeah, like that. Exactly. You know, like embrace it. Embrace it. I, I was dying to look like you for most of my life. So yeah, exactly. Just embrace it, please. Embrace it. Like, the, it's what you were born with. And I'm not saying, like, oh, you have to have the natural aesthetic. Like, do whatever you want. But I think it creates a... Re- like, you internalize... Like, there's so much self-hatred involved in making yourself look completely different yeah. to the way that you naturally look. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's some sort of dysmorphia... Yeah, that goes on there, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about fully accepting yourself and um, being okay with who you are, and understanding that like what you've got right now is is because of the ancestors that survived and procreated yeah. and allowed you to be here. So it's just you know appreciate that, appreciate your lineage. Yeah. Ex- yes. You know, um, and I think that's where that's we're where the conversation it. ends. But especially with this episode please we would really like to hear from you <laughs> and we know we're kind of just spouting our opinions out there like i i would really love to hear back and have like continue this conversation yeah definitely because i think it's just so important and it's something that comes up uh, in my life at least every day so yeah let um, us know definitely next week we're going to be talking about um essentially body shaming you know the, going deeper into the shame that we were just talking about and exploring a bit more around disability visible differences such as acne and going a bit deeper into like diet culture and consumerism via yeah. social media etc etc and the switch up so um we hope to see you there and what's your song of the week oh my gosh <laughs> um can we just acknowledge that i feel like the last week's been so tough for a lot of people. Oh, you mean lockdown-wise? Yeah. Yeah. I found it really hard. Yeah, I think I've seen that a lot. Um, it's just also January, end of January feels yes. and everything. I think even generally, January is like the longest month. People tend to go the longest time without getting paid. People do like Jan- dry January. They're like watching their weight. It's miserable outside. Yeah, and I'm just missing my friends, I'm missing, I'm really, and I miss going out so much. I miss seeing people and just having fun. Me and Ra were like, we're hitting the clubs. 
I'm hitting the club. We, we don't. You better believe I'm hitting the club. So, anyway, on the dance floor. Yeah. What is your song of the week? I'm trying to remember mine. My song of the week is um, "Rebirth of Slick." Cool like that by Diggable Planets. Oh, whoa! Really making, <laughs> really making me feel good. My song of the week is the prison song by Sharon Shapare. Oh my god! Absolute blaster. For anyone who doesn't know, that's a Persian singer who's got an absolute tune. Oh my god, it's amazing. Song. And it's been sampled by Kanye, hasn't it? Oh yeah! For yeah, album, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Alright, well. Thanks so much for joining us. Please let us know what you think. And let's continue this conversation. And peace and love. Goodbye.